You're listening to the 8th Day Coaching Podcast, where I share helpful insight and interview elite-level leaders to help you overcome stress and master your time, money, and God-inspired future. I'm your certified professional coach, Chad Etzel. Well, our next guest is Kate Capato. She joins me today on the 8th Day Coaching Podcast, and she and I were missionaries together during our time with the Culture Project. Kate's now an artist, and she has a deep vision for those who seek to share authentic beauty in a way that captivates the soul. And she carries out her mission as a sacred painter, a photographer, and dance choreographer in order to bring truth, beauty, and goodness to the world. Now, if you haven't seen her art, I want to encourage you to check it out. I'll leave links in the show notes. So with that, Kate, thank you for joining joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Chad. It's good to be here and to catch up and to dive into beauty together. Definitely, definitely. And I, t- talking about beauty, I want to talk a little bit about the why behind having you on this episode. And in our world mm-hmm. today, when there's so much destructiveness, so much war and violence and illness, I think a lot of people see that science and politics are the answers to the world's problems. And in contrast, there's art, there's beauty. It, my first question is just about that. What sort of way do you see art and beauty as an answer to the problems of the world? Great question. Um, I think... <sighs> It's it's like I mean we could talk for hours on this, but to kind of put it briefly, our we're more than just calculations and you know uh, relations. We have a like there's a heart behind each soul, and I think beauty pulls on our heartstrings, and um, and it could work, you know. And I, I want to be clear here, like beauty, there's authentic beauty, and then there's uh, the counterfeit. So we do see a lot of counterfeit in our culture. And both can play on the heartstrings. And the question is, um, if it's authentic beauty, it will bring us to truth and goodness, um, the full understanding of who we are in light of God in this world. Uh, If it's counterfeit, it could do the opposite and pull us into a direction that is not truth, not goodness, just lies. But because it plays on our heartstrings, if we're not careful, we can be drawn into that. And we see this in our culture. So it's kind of, it's already there, but it's unspoken. So if everyone were to sit back for a minute and really think about it, you could probably name a bunch of moments in your day-to-day life where we already are affected by art. It's just more subconscious, Mm. whether that be online in the internet world, social media, it could be watching a movie. It could be, um, you know, walking down the street and seeing billboard ads, um, let alone just uh, an art gallery, right? So these are already ways that are already happening. Um, so when it comes to like big issues in our culture today, um, you know, as as an artist myself, like we're called to draw people to truth. Yes, do not everyone does that and takes that uh, mission seriously, if you will. But it's a huge way to really help people see. Um, maybe what's going on and what we are called to in contrast to what issues are taking place, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and I think that a couple of things that you highlight is interiorly like beauty pulling on our heartstrings. We're not just talking about going to a museum and observing art. And if everybody did that, well, I think everybody's lives would be much better off if they they did do that. <laughs> but But just what you're saying is that there's an internal 
in internal growth that's happening in every single human being and it's going in one way or another and it's based on those right. things that are put in front of us as you mentioned movies and tv shows in in those sorts of things that right that, that's like such an important point for our world to understand that it's not just hey i make my decisions independent of the media that i consume but yeah i'm transformed by the by the things that I see on a day-to-day -day basis. Things that you see, things that you hear. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny, this is, and I wish I could remember the exact um, like company that put this on, but I saw a little clip on YouTube where they were testing uh, or doing a little experiment with quote unquote influencers today. You know, the influencers on social media, AKA they put out, you know, they, they show off the newest clothes or the newest gadgets. Um, and he, this guy asked three influencers who have like millions of followers, uh, you know, what do you think? You guys are the influencers. Do you think you yourselves get influenced? And they're like, well, no, not really. I think we put out the latest trends and blah, 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 um, which was quite humorous that they actually thought this. But um, uh, he then kind of tested their, their response chatted about his life a little bit, showed him some image, showed them all some images. Um, they were in this really unique space that had a lot of art, um, you know, modern different things. And he kind of, after he chatted with them, said, why don't you guys run around, take photos, do what you want, gather materials for your, your social media platforms to influence people. And they're like, awesome, let's do it. And they, the only criteria was you have, I think he gave them like five minutes, and as soon as the timer goes off, you have, whatever you have, you have to like post right away, write a little caption, and that was that. And they weren't allowed to see what each other was creating, okay? Mm -hmm. So he, he did this, and the thing that was so hilarious, when the time was up, and he finally asked, okay, what did you post? What did you share? All three of them shared the exact same images of wow. them on like the same swing. So the caption was almost identical. And it was all had to do with what he had shared with them in his personal story to them. He essentially influenced them mm. to do the same exact thing. And they didn't even realize that they were being influenced. Yeah, that's amazing. And I just share that because we often really think that we're above being influenced. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we have to be you know, wise and on guard. Like they say, you are what you eat. It's the same thing when it comes to the media. So then the question is, are we consuming what's true and good and truly authentically beautiful? Um, you know, in the States, unfortunately, a lot of our culture, it, it doesn't have a lot of that anymore. Like we, we just, you don't walk the streets like you can in Italy and just see true beauty, sadly. Mm. Um, and we forget that that actually does affect us. You know, it's, it's kind of gets hidden, but that is affecting us. And the question is how? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's just so important that what do we, how do we feed ourselves? That's, that's the first and foremost way that we can change the world. Cause I think we're so invested in uh, elections and science and what, you know, social media influencing ourselves. And that's my biggest contribution with the world. But first, it starts in our hearts in, in that example that you, you shared about social media influencers is, is such a, an, an important thing to keep in mind. It's such a good example because I think, for, for instance, we think a lot about our politicians and how if we just get the right politician, we can fix the world. But I think in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. our politicians like those influencers are really a, a product of 
what the hearts of the individuals who elect them. And in that, yes. I, I think is just so important. So as we, we talk about art here in this, this episode today, that's just one of the big things is how that, how does that affect me? How do I engage and step up my, my game, so to speak, in how I, I view the media, how I view art and, and start with myself. And that's the way that I can mm-hmm. work on transforming the culture. So getting into it a little bit, like, you know me, you know, I'm very logical left brain. And that's just kind of how mm-hmm. I, I grew up. And I, I know very little about art, but I have grown a lot in appreciation for art, really since our time on Mission Together. And honestly, for me, it was an afterthought up to that point. It was just kind of like that that other thing, aside from just kind of media and entertainment, right? But Mm-hmm. If you were to teach a beginner to really see the value of art, what would you teach that beginner to observe? Hmm, good question. Um to see the value like or to be able to when you're actually looking at something or listening to something, how to appreciate that particular work or in a broader sense, I th- the value. I think of- in a broader sense, one, one from maybe more so as you, you kind of mentioned about media, one, in one sense, it's like, how does our media and mainstream art, and I use that in quotes, affect us? So like kind of critical mm-hmm. thinking there. But then uh, more so the question that I'm I'm most interested in asking is about if we're looking at sacred art or some sort of some sort of classical piece of art what Mm -hmm. what should we be paying attention to yeah i i think so i love your question chad because it does express as you mentioned your more logical approach to life which is awesome versus you know someone like me may not even ask that same or maybe in the same way and i i point that out because (laughs) Sometimes we try to look at beauty and we try to figure it out. And I want to just say that's the first no, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like um, you don't need to like try so hard to figure it out. Uh, We need to receive it again. I want to make sure we're clear that we're talking about authentic beauty here, not the counterfeit. Um, So receiving it, knowing that it's authentic beauty, meaning um, Dietrich von Hilderen, he's a philosopher, Catholic philosopher, wrote many things, but he also wrote a book on aesthetics and he articulates very well how we can know something's authentic beauty. And it mm. essentially authentic beauty pulls us out of ourselves and uh, into the divine. It pulls mm. us into a serving uh, position in the sense of we become more helpful, more other focused, more charitable, like it makes us better people. Now, you know, you may not see that in just one moment, but what is, how is your heart responding? If it's the counterfeit, it will do the opposite. It will pull you inward, self-focused. Um, you know, it's all about me, me, me. They Navel gazing. I'm sure you've heard of that term. If it's a counterfeit, that's kind of what it will start to pull our heart towards. So we think of things like pornography, which is an extreme example, but then you even little things like certain TV shows that all of a sudden you feel more selfish and more self-preserved and it's all about me. So we can, if we know that that can be a defining way of looking, okay, this is authentic, this is not, we can determine better clearly, okay, uh, I'm before something that is truly authentic, beautiful, authentically beautiful. And when we are, um, again, like sacred art or sacred music, um, or even just in nature, right? Okay, the sunset, sunrise, all these things are 
there's a sacredness about it. It pulls us out of ourselves. So the value in, in those moments are really, it's an encounter with God. Again, Dietrich von Hildebrand says, it brings us, true beauty brings us before the face of God. Okay, so that could be someone who has faith or someone who doesn't have faith. It still brings us before the face of God mm -hmm. because we are encountering a piece of the Lord. All beauty in this world um, are, are little pieces of God, if you will, some more than others. And when we truly sit and receive whatever that might be, we're receiving a part of the Lord. So that value, that encounter is is profound, really. And it, sometimes you can't quantify it, but it's like you're, our souls, just being with the Lord, as you know, in our faith, Chad, like we grow just being in adoration just you know being in mass these are encounters of beauty because god is the ultimate beauty right so yeah that's kind of a long-winded response well but in, essentially in does that answer your yeah yeah i mean to summarize just to just to get to the heart of the matter is like authentic beauty and I, i'm glad you defined this authentic beauty is the thing that that pulls you out of yourself that that brings you into a more sacrificial way of of living, of thinking, and so on, versus the counterfeit, which just draws you back towards your yourself. And mm -hmm. I, I think that distinction is just so, so important, especially as we we think about God and being swept up in the divine and being being able to encounter God, is that it's that transformation of who we are in our, our character. I know in my coaching program, we talk about the transformation of, they call the who, the H-O, or the, sorry, the W H O the who that mm -hmm. that's, that's the biggest part that coaching is trying to transform and very much so in, mm -hmm. in art here that this is so, so important that it's the person who has changed rather than just kind of some sort of exactly. external influence. But that, that distinction that you mentioned about becoming a more self-sacrificial person is, is, is a very helpful distinction there. And now, okay. I imagine that for any artist, when when they see art or they create art, it's a deeply personal and spiritual endeavor for themselves. And we all face dry times. We all face dark times in our lives. And I'm just curious a little bit about your journey. How has art spoken to you in those dry or dark times and, and really transformed you? Mm, it's a... So my vocation as a sacred artist is both a journey of sharing God's truth, but also my own salvific journey of like being transformed. So there's times, like you're saying, that are dark and dry. Um, and so some of, some of the ways that artists help me are not like in feel-good ways. They're more in discipline ways, like mm -hmm. in the sense of I'm called to create this image right now or to choreograph this dance, et cetera. And I don't, you know, a lot of people will mistake and, and think artists are just always inspired and always on fire and just constantly <laughs> just in this right. place of euphoria. And uh, it's not the case. So there's when it's, you know, when you do it full time, like anybody else, there's days where it's like, I, I don't feel like doing this today. But there's something beyond me, that especially as a sacred artist, it's it's more than myself. I don't just paint for me. So in that regard, it, it has taught me the value of still choosing the good 
and creating that and letting the Lord work through that, even when I don't feel, you know, this amazing bliss at that moment. And there's some times where it is awesome and you're on fire and you're just rolling with it. Um, as far as like personal encounters with other artists, um, and I like what, what comes to mind actually was when I, I lived in Italy because I studied there for two years in Florence and I had the opportunity to go to a lot of museums. And when I went to a lot of museums, I, you know, when you're at a museum, you there's so much to look at, almost too much. So you only have like a little bit of time with, with each artwork. So I challenged myself one time to choose one work of art and to stay there the whole day. Mm. And the artwork that I felt called to choose was uh, Da Vinci's, one of his enunciations. He's done a couple of them. But the one that I chose was massive, like covered the entire wall. And they had like this nice little couch right in front of it. So I like parked myself there and, and just sat for probably about four or five hours. And it was one of the most transformative days. And, you know, it's not something that I can fully articulate what happened but it was almost like adoration mm, and yeah. in the sense of just my soul felt lighter. I felt an encounter with the Lord. I didn't try to like overanalyze it. <laughs> I mean, it's clearly our lady and her, you know, the Lord calling her to be the mother and her response, her fiat, all of that, which we know. Um, but I didn't try to overanalyze it. I wanted to just be open and receive it. And my soul felt different after that time. So that that is a moment that comes to mind as well of my like some of my personal encounters with art. Um, so it's kind of a mix of the discipline as well as just receiving. That's that's beautiful. Just being able to be swept up into art in, in creating the space for that. Of course, you were out there, you were studying you that that was your your job, essentially, at that time was to to do stuff like maybe not quite four or five hours at a time with with one piece of art, but being able to give that space to say, all right, one piece of art, and I'm just going to focus myself on this. And just thinking about that, I've, I've had those moments, definitely not four to five hours at a time, but being able to just engage with the picture or a painting and, and just see, just observe, because what's amazing is just Every single detail in there is intentionally planned and thought out. And there's a, like, the, based on whoever's hand position, where their eyes are at, you know, what what they're they're doing, and who's looking at them. You know, it's, there's just so many amazing things within art that can be, can be looked at and understood. And it mm-hmm. speaks to us and, and gets to that point, what you're saying of our souls can be swept up. In, into the divine. Yes, exactly. And there's a there's um, the artists themselves intend a certain type of symbology behind works, and it's beautiful to learn what their intention is. But I will say sometimes, even when the viewer just gazes upon a work, um, the Holy Spirit can work through that and help them see things maybe that the artist didn't even intend, and yeah. that's okay, and that's really cool because. It's like Lectio Divina when you pray with scripture and you just kind of mull over a couple of words and certain word points out, well, the Lord's going to tell you why he's drawing you to this specific word. It's something to do with your life right now. And that could be the same with a painting, a, a song, uh, something in nature. It's like, well, why is he drawing you to that hand position? There's, It's speaking to something in your life right now that he wants to speak to you about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's really powerful to 
allow that to take place. And I think a lot of us don't know how to do that, mostly because we're not good at being still and taking that time. Not that you need to do four or five hours like I did all the time, but even even still, how often do we take 15, 20 minutes to just sit and receive what's before us? We're, we're used to pulling out the phone. We're used to going on to the next thing. And, and you know, we feel weird just being still, but right. it's a good challenge. Well, it's, it's something that's not super practical it, for most people. And just the, it doesn't make money, I guess, is, is kind of how a lot of people in, in my, my circles that I tend to run coaching on with, with that, it, it doesn't appeal to, to that side of the, uh, the practical nature, but there's, there's something about it that's just very edifying and, and ultimately transforming for us as human yes. beings. And yeah, so I, I've seen your art and it's absolutely stunning. And it's just, it's, it's incredible, really. I'm going to put a link to your art in the show notes so our listeners can go ahead and check that out. And personally, so I'm, I'm a big fan of St. Michael the Archangel. So one of the pieces that really caught my eye was the Defender. And I got it here. Yes. Obviously, this is audio only podcast, but I'm just going to kind of describe it for the listeners. So there's a young woman who's holding up a cross and facing a window. And behind her is St. Michael the Archangel, who's crushing the head of a demon. And what, what really struck me about this painting of yours, this image, is like, this is the spiritual realm. It's going on behind us. We don't see what's going on. But what, mm. what drew me in is just being able to visualize myself as a character in your art, in which we don't always see, especially in images of St. Michael the Archangel is we, we don't necessarily see ourselves, but it, it kind of felt like the, the message was being conveyed there of, hey, you're part of this, even if you don't see what's going on. Tell me a little bit about mm -hmm. what, what sort of message you're, you're trying to communicate, if that syncs with you of kind of my description of how that, that is. Yeah, you kind of hit it the nail on the head, Chad, with um, the invitation there. So a lot of people will say, well, who is this girl? Mm -hmm. Some people are like, Oh, is it some sort of arc? Is it this or that? Right. And actually she represents the church. Mm. So all of us, Yeah. it's, it's really a reflection on the St. Michael prayer because we, as you said, we see a lot of paintings done of St. Michael of that big epic battle, which is true. And we read that in scripture and it's great to, to pray with that as well. But I want it to reflect what it is personally like when we say that St. Michael prayer. So that's kind of what I was trying to depict there. And I, of course we know church, the church is the bride and represented as female. So um, I felt called to portray her as a woman, but really that means it's any of us can put ourselves in her place in that moment of temptation, darkness, whatever it might be. And saying that prayer and um, the Lord sending him and it's effective. Like it truly is, even if we don't see it, like you're saying, um, and to keep our gaze on Christ as she holds that cross, that like, that's our call there. Absolutely. So yeah, you, you received what I was trying to share in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. It's very beautiful. It's just like the, and, and I just having a special devotion to St. Michael, maybe that helped me understand a little bit about what you were going for in this, but absolutely. I mean, just that the eyes, keeping the eyes on the cross and that's so important and the, the light shining through the window and that's where the light is coming from is, is 
from the mm-hmm. from the outside from from the cross and then into the eyes mm-hmm. of the viewer and and I like it her hand is is on her heart as well and what yeah I'm I'm curious about that I'm just noticing this detail as I'm I'm looking at this now tell me a little bit about the the heart what what's the intention behind that. Yeah, I mean, I th- it's more simple in the sense of just reflecting prayer, okay. um, a reflective state. Um, but like I said, you could pray with that <laughs> and the Holy Spirit could lead you to um, to hear a lot more. And that's awesome and totally, totally good. So, um, but yeah, just it's just more simple to, to, to mention like, okay, this is a prayer. Um, so hence, it is a reference towards the heart there. Right. Yeah, that's that's just simply amazing. So, and, and, and this is, this is very much the, what you've been talking about, how art can help us see the spiritual realm, see the, the beauty of God, just because it, 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 this image itself communicates a certain spiritual truth that we just don't, don't see. It's kind of like, you know, the sacrament sacraments are a sign of the invisible reality. And this really helps us to to enter into that. And that's, that's really amazing. Amen. I agree. Yeah. So given this, this piece of art and your art as a whole, what, what is something that you're really trying to go, to go after as an artist? I mean, obviously you, you've mentioned the being able to portray the, the divine, being able to help people have an encounter with God, but you specifically visual grace in, in your mission what are you trying to help our your your viewers encounter? So theology of the body has been a huge influence on my journey of faith. And in in a simple way, um, I, I want I feel called to draw people into that message. And, and for those that are not familiar with that message, essentially it's the salvation story told through who we are as man and woman. Um, it's our identity in God, the father. Um, it explains a lot of the why behind what the Catholic church teaches. Um, a lot of questions that are understandable to ask, but we can know the answer in this message um, that St. John Paul II has so beautifully laid out for us articulates the why and um and really upholds the beauty of uh who we are as man and woman and that our bodies mm. play a part in that as much as our souls so when it comes to my art i'm, I'm greatly influenced by saint john paul ii's message of theology of the body and articulating that the fullness of our identity as much as possible. Again, this is deep on my heart and it may be only simply portrayed in one painting because there's so much to say. Um, but at the heart of this message of theology body, really it's the call to communion. It's the call to be fully um, intertwined with God. So each of the works that I create, that's the main goal of getting one step closer to drawing someone's heart to just be embraced to receive that embrace by the father and to then return that embrace and um i see it happening like it's beautiful it's all the holy spirit like i try to get out of the way with whatever i create and just let him do it and and i do that by praying before each work 
Um, but even uh, I travel around with my husband, Paul, and we bring original art. He'll play his music because he's a musician. We do, we kind of counteract that. Um, we do a talk, but we also have that time of prayer with adoration itself. And it's really beautiful to see how folks respond. And a lot of people will say, I didn't even know that I needed this. Like, I didn't realize how much it would affect me. Um, and it's, again, it's going back to that same thought I mentioned earlier that beauty is, is become like being placed before the face of God. So this, again, could be seem so simple. It can be just on a simple level, but every encounter with God is truly profound. Um, yeah, so each work could have a different focus on how to do that. You know, like the one you mentioned about St. Michael. Um, I have one about the Magi. I, I really have one in my heart that I hope to create that involves the crucifixion. Um, there's different ones, too, that may be less... Um, less standard in the in what we're used to seeing but still deeply um intertwined with our church teaching if that makes sense they're all just different ways of reaching hearts mm -hmm. um and pulling pulling us into that communion that's that's the goal yeah thank you thank you for that given that overarching theme with the theology of the body and I, i've definitely noticed looking through your art especially with that complementarity of men and women and then ultimately being drawn up into the divine and having communion with god and I think that's one of the fundamental points. I think a lot of times when people think about the theology of the body, oftentimes they, they're thinking about Catholic sexual ethics, which is it's a part of it. But really, it, it gets back to who we are as human beings and who we are as man and woman created in the image and likeness of God. And this, this complementarity between man and woman really gets to that point of communion that you're, you're bringing up, that we are not made for just individually, just to self-actualize, but we are made to have relationships and to be in relationship with, with others. And those relationships even point to a, the deeper relationship, God himself. And that is, is just so, so countercultural, just because of we're, we're told constantly that, Hey, you know, you just got to live for yourself. You got to live life on your terms and build your own self up. In, in even marriage in our culture today ends up kind of being this sort of, what do you call it? Like two individuals coming together and they're, they're committed to each other as individuals. So it's right. that there's just that, that beauty that, that you're communicating of that complementarity of men and women. Sure. And, and uh, to be piggyback on what you're saying in terms of marriage, we do come together as individuals, but you you mold that and then you right. become something new. Yeah. And I think that's the difference in our culture to say they're like, oh, you need to prenup and mm -hmm. you need to like safeguard yourself and, you know, put up these walls so you don't lose who you are. And it's like, well, no, that's right. contradictory to what we're actually being called to do. Mm -hmm. we're, we're called to become something new together. Yeah. Um, and then that ultimately points us to what's supposed to happen in our relationship with God. Right. There's there's that that word is kind of a buzzword in in today of synergy. Right. The the sum are greater than the parts. You have two coming together, and it creates something more. And that is is just such a such a blessing. That is so so beautiful when you have that synergy. And there's the that like a man and a woman coming together are two and then they create a third in very much imaging what happens with the, the Trinity. And exactly. 
that that's just like I think especially with beauty and what your art is communicating is that that message ultimately where when we have that relationship with God, it creates that synergy that that uh, something more comes of it. It's a life giving love that we share with with God the Father. Amen. Amen. Yes. And then, as we mentioned, the counterfeit will do quite the opposite. And that's what we see, sadly, most of the time in our media today. And right. and we don't even realize the effect that it has mm-hmm. on our hearts. And Yeah, yeah, very much. I mean, you, you mentioned this before about there's the authentic beauty and counterfeit beauty in how a lot of the media is, it's all about you. It's communicating a, a message that right. life is about you and what you get out of it. In the in in that's like if you look at TV shows and in movies, a, a lot of the mainstream stuff these days, it's about recognizing who you are, your authentic self. And and sometimes people get hurt. I, I mean, just just take take divorce for instance. In you know, there's there's marriages that are are just very difficult and and hard to work out. But I think a common message from our society today is that. Hey, you know, if you're just unhappy in this marriage, it's all right. You can walk out and your kids are resilient in your spouse. It's just like your happiness is the most important thing here. Mm-hmm. And, and that I, I think is really, that's the the message that we're talking about with the media. It's pointing in on ourselves rather than, all right, how can I continue to walk? And, and it's difficult. I, I'm not saying, you know, not trying to condemn anybody here who are in very difficult marriages, but this is, this is part of that, that transformative experience and that call of, of God that has for each and every one of us. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I think um, going back to authentic beauty versus counterfeit, it, it's especially in the Catholic faith we know that suffering in christ is not in vain mm-hmm. so yeah. which is quite the opposite of what our you know modern day culture yep speaks and thinks it's it's really a, an avoidance of suffering and doing all that we can to just seek comfort even if it hurts somebody else and that's the danger because it's all about me and my comfort whereas the catholic faith and the fullness of who god is and really who we really ache to be whether we know it or not requires a sacrificial way of living that doesn't always feel great like i don't always feel on cloud nine which i'll bring back that example of um creating art what art has it continues to teach me i shouldn't say i've already learned it all is sometimes it's hard but to be able to really get to the end beauty you have to choose the good Mm -hmm. And it's an act of will still there. Um, So, yes, again, certain marriages, um, you know, God forbid, if they're in abusive relationships and these circumstances are different than what we're referring to. Um, But those that are just kind of like, well, you know, I'm not on cloud nine anymore. And Mm -hmm. we just were never meant to get married. It's like, well, I think that we've been so heavily influenced by the lies of the culture to believe that, you know, my comfort is the greatest good and it doesn't matter how it affects others and it versus, okay, it's hard and that's life. And we're going to work through this for the greater beauty on the other end. Going through a conflict together actually produces a greater beauty on the other side. Um, right. And, and that's yeah, what we forget because the world going, to us. <laughs> going, going through conflict, going through a, a dark time, 
betrayal and or even just dryness where it's just like yeah, yeah it just just felt like I, I fell out of love being able yeah. to you know love as as we talk about in the theology of the body is in an act it's something that there's there's an action that we take to build that love and, and i think that john paul ii i think it's love and responsibility he talks about how the emotions are really kind of raw material for yes. love where it's really this act of self-sacrifice that mm-hmm. these these emotions are not about hey i'm attracted to a woman and therefore that means i love her it's no it's it's a invitation to be right. able to love and yeah. that was something that when i made that realization or learned that it, that was quite profound yeah i agree and it, it in knowing that we're standing on a better platform in our day-to-day life when things are dark dry mm-hmm. and and difficult because we can go back and say oh you know what i see in the movies is not truth like I'm not on cloud nine and butterflies all the time, but that is not reality. That's not what I should be like that. And it's okay right. that I'm not. I think a lot of times we don't give ourselves permission because we think we're, I don't know, we messed up. We did something <laughs> wrong. Like we're not, w- the movies have to be right. It's like, no, right, no, right. they are not right. In, in um, the movies can, can just draw up any sort of plot that they want. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I, so, so it's important, again, what we feed ourselves affects who we are and how the, the way we think. Um, so safeguarding, safeguarding uh, what we consume is important here um, and choosing to, to exchange it with the authentic good um, could really transform choices we make. And ultimately that affects the whole culture. So going back to your very first question of how we can make change in this crazy world, it's little by little, our own hearts. Um, and that yeah. can affect the broader culture as we know yeah. it. Yeah. So just getting into choices, the choices that we make. I am a financial coach. That's one of my specialties. And oftentimes, art can kind of just feel like a luxury, especially art in, in our homes. And we have these financial goals, so you're paying off debt, saving for retirement, and uh, saving for a home. There's, There's not really, you know, purchasing and appreciating art in the, the baby steps of, of a financial coach. But I, I'm just curious, like what you could say based on our conversation or any other things that come to mind, what, what could you say to encourage somebody to consider really investing in art, even if they don't have their financial plan all figured out? Yeah. Uh, one, I would say to, to invest in authentic work of art, an original painting or sculpture, whatever it might be, um, you're investing in your very soul <laughs> and your family's mm, souls. Wow. So again, that's not as easily quantifiable. Like you can't see like, oh, today little Johnny looked at this artwork and now <laughs> he's grown this much. You, you can't really see it as articulately as some of the other things when it comes right. to um, that way of thinking, but it is there and, um, investing in it, but also choosing to be intentional about where you put it in your space, um, having time to actually gaze upon it and let it sink in, um, with your family as well. Like you are investing in the very building up of souls, your soul and wow. their soul. and anyone who comes into your home and you share it, say, Oh my goodness, I got this work commissioned and this is, let me tell you what it's about. Like that's a, um, 
a point for evangelization right there. When, if it's not in your home, they may never ask you, you may never have an opportunity, you know? So it's an opportunity to share as well. And then honestly, financially speaking, depending on who you get this artwork from, it could be something that is financially helpful in the future, just to kind of note that. Whereas people are finding artworks from Da Vinci years ago, and they're worth millions of dollars. Like you never really know how much you could actually uh, get financially from in the future, but that's not the first why. It's <laughs> a side and note. That's, that's not the point. You right. know, it's not a financial investment, but what I really loved about that was just that, that point about investing in your own soul. Cause we, we just look at money and it's kind of like, Hey, here's this sort of just thing that I want to have more of so I can do more things. But I, I really, I, I've really made this analogy or this this realization has come to me that money has a certain sacramental quality. It's not a sacrament itself. So I'm trying to avoid heresy here, but it has a sacramental quality in which it's a material thing that can point us to something more. And I think in one sense, it's like it, it can point us and help us remember the providence of God in our lives. But I, I think more so in this case, it's it's a tool that allows us to encounter God through art. That if we we purchase art, we can we can just grow deeper in relationship with God. Yeah, it's a stepping stone. It helps that. And and you know when you so maybe you invest in something for your own home, but maybe you also are called to you know donate a piece to your local parish. Like how right. many churches yeah. are in need of beauty still? Like a lot of our '70s culture mindset has diminish the beauty in our very own churches. And that's sad because if we know the great value that it affects our souls, why would we not have that in our very own churches? Um, mm-hmm. So so maybe you're also called to do that where it's even a greater, well, I don't wouldn't say greater, but it's a broader reach in terms of how many people then gaze upon this artwork and it'll Absolutely. affect souls as well. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, yes, money is that stepping stone. And if you have some, uh, as Christians, we know it's not ours, it's the Lord. So praying about where does he call you to use that? What is the true investment here? Um, and it's okay to, to you know, draw up your dreams and so forth, but always asking, Lord, where do you call me to use this? That's the first question. Yeah. Hundred percent. Well, that's this is awesome. Thank you so much, Kate, for giving your time to come on the podcast today. And I want to have a, just a couple of final questions for you. First of all, how can our listeners find you? Yeah, I'm on um, social media as we just talked about. VisualGrace.SacredArt yeah. is my Instagram handle. Uh, Facebook is Visual Grace Kate Capato, and. I'm on LinkedIn as Kate Capato. My website where you can find all of those links is visualgrace.org. Awesome. I'll I'll leave a a link in the show notes so people can connect with you there. And then a question to to close. I always ask my my guests who come on the the podcast this question. And it has to do with God-inspired, the phrase God-inspired. It's something that is just very important for me in my coaching, in my podcast to live a life that is that is God inspired and do things that are God inspired. So the question for you is what do you what does it mean to you to live a God inspired life? I think 
a God-inspired life for me is making sure that I take that time daily in intimacy with God. And, you know, I try to speak this in my art, but if I don't live this personally, you know, my voice is a, what is that scripture where your voice is a um, clashing yeah, gong? Clashing gong. Yeah, yeah ex ex exactly. And so the, the call in my own life is to make sure that I am truly stepping into that intimacy on a daily basis. Um, and in that radiating his love by being transformed by his gaze. Um, right. So yeah. that's, that's what I would say. <laughs> that's beautiful. God, God works from the inside out. And mm -hmm. it's, it's not so much, Hey, God crush my enemies. And I think there's, there's some of that going on in the spiritual realm. Uh, absolutely. Sure. But in, in terms of the, the ways of the world, it's like, okay, what are the things that I need to address in my own heart? And I can only do that by it's sitting with God and being with him. And that ultimately changes the world. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me today, Kate. My pleasure. It's been great chatting. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the 8th Day Coaching Podcast. If you have received value from this episode, the best way you can give back is to share this podcast with others and leave a five-star rating. There's a lot of darkness out there in this world of media today. And by sharing, rating, and subscribing, we can reach others and provide more hope to the world. Thank you for being a blessing to the world. Live inspired. Live God-inspired.